0: Welcome to the podcast. Today I'm speaking with Katie Ford, the former CEO of Ford Models. She became an activist for human trafficking and she committed herself to this important work through her organization, Freedom for All. Join us for this important conversation. So I always begin the podcast with the question what do you believe?
1: You know, I believe that people are interconnected around the world. Mm -hmm. and that we share so many things and we can empathize with people next door and everywhere. And that helping people is a way for us to feel good. It makes me feel good when I help someone, which it's a selfish motivating factor for me to feel good and to watch people's lives grow. I mean, it's really amazing. And with our New York partner, Mentari. Mentari works with survivors of human trafficking, and the head of it is named Chandra. And she was trafficked herself. And she was a trader from Indonesia. And when there was a financial collapse, let's say close to the year 2000, she got a job in the United States, working for a hotel. And she paid a labor broker $3,000. OK, that's a lot in Indonesia. Okay. She came to New York. They took her to the house where she was going to stay. The minute she got in, they held a gun to her head, told her to strip, that there wasn't a hotel job, and she was forced into prostitution. The first time she escaped, somebody had given her a phone number. Said, "If you ever get out, here's a phone number. I know this person will give you a job." Mm. She she dialed the number. Turned out that person was a pimp, also. Oh oh my! Yes, I know. Then, after a long time, she got out again. She went to two police stations that told her they didn't believe her. And she had nothing. She was living on the street, homeless now, without anything, because she couldn't run away with anything. And they had taken away most things anyway, including her passport, the money she made as a prostitute, um, not, not wanting to be that, by the way. Yes. Uh, and she was crying on a park bench. And a man came up to her and asked her why she was crying. Mm-hmm. And she would learned not to trust people now. Right. So she said, you know, I have a friend who's in this situation. And she described her own situation. And she mm-hmm. said, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. How and, and he said, come back tomorrow at this time. And I'll have somebody who can help you.
0: Yeah.
1: And he came back with somebody from the FBI who did help her. And they ended up arresting um, five people. Three of them went to jail because she had been sold by five pimps. Pimps sold her from one pimp to another to another. And this is in New York City.
0: You
1: know? And um, here it was a stranger who helped her get out which is how people are connected. She, you know, just come from Indonesia. Now it was probably two years later, but, right. You no know, strangers. And I think that's how people are connected. Yes. And, you know, it's amazing also with COVID, how people have been faced with similar problems. Mm. Chandra is has a program that's a culinary arts program that means that the survivors learned how to cook in kitchens Mm. most of them who graduated were working in restaurants so in new york city so that they all lost their jobs during covid like so many people Right. right now right and um so she has been gathering food making meals Mm-hmm. Distributing them with the survivors, and some of the survivors who live in her shelter are making the food for others also, wow. which is lovely i mean they 're using the skills they use through her program now to help the survivors yeah. instead of in a professional kitchen
0: that 's incredible
1: I know, and that 's similar even to although not the same, to the pro, our partner in India. Mm-hmm. India had a very, very severe lockdown so that anybody, a truck driver, any migrant labor could not get home. They're, they were stuck in place wherever they were.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, the group that I work with, Jeevika Free, all the activists, once they got permission to go out of the house, because they weren't allowed out of their houses either, went around to see what was happening and there were millions of people there are who had no access to food. They over a few weeks spent any money they had saved and they didn't expect the ones on the roads didn't expect to stop. It wasn't like they had their life savings, but some had their meager life savings with them and had run out of money.
0: Hmm.
1: And the government kept saying, Oh, we're reaching all these people, except they weren't. They weren't, so these people were going to starve, but for Jeeva Kifri. And so we've been able to help with the help of our donors. Over 6,000 people not die in the few weeks, Mm. last few weeks.
0: That's incredible, Katie, uh, incredible stories. So your organization is Freedom For All. Right. And now, when you created your organization, was there, I mean, I'm sure you've heard so many of these stories, but was there a defining moment for you in wanting to do this work?
1: Well, I had been head of Ford Models, and I had just sold Ford when I went to a conference hosted by the UN. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't imagine why they wanted me there because I didn't know anything about the topic and they thought I should speak.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But when I was there for just a few hours, I understood exactly how people are trafficked frequently is how we used to scout models. We tell them the job and what you can make and the, your prospects. And that's what, when people are working across borders, that's what's being happening to them now. We gave what we promised. Traffickers dupe people. But I thought I had an unusual background for this because I'd worked internationally and I'd worked with young, vulnerable women. Mm -hmm. And I thought I could apply the same skills to ending human trafficking and slavery. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: The most defining moment, though, was to learn how many people are in slavery today. Today, there are 40 million people. We're sitting here and we think that during COVID, it's tough. It's tough to be in one place
0: yeah.
1: you know, and not leave. Imagine that being your whole life, that you can never leave that place, that you are controlled by another person every move you make. And there are 40 million people. That's Like the top 25 cities in the United States. It's
0: it's unbelievable. I think what you said earlier, when you mentioned the story about New York City, this is happening in our back, our backyards. This is happening everywhere. Was there something that really surprised you about where this is happening?
1: First of all, the fact that there's any slavery at all surprised yes. me of course yes. You know, I had no idea and I thought how could I not have known mm. because when I travel I traveled to very rural places yes. I was lucky enough through my job to be able to go all over the world and I used that as an opportunity to see a lot yes. but I didn't know what I was seeing wow. so I was seeing it but not knowing When you see children in the fields working with their parents, it's usually because the landowner says the parent owes money. Mm. But those people haven't been educated to know that they have paid that debt over and over and over and over and over because they don't have an education. So, and they enslave the children with them. So I'm surprised every single time. I'm surprised that in nail salons in New York, I mean, I'm surprised about people. Generally, it's hard to believe people are in slavery. In nail salons. I mean, that's, that's shocking. That's right. It is. It is. And they're being held through um, being told that They now have to pay for their airfare, their different things that are added up that make it so they can never get out of it. And one of the most shocking instances for me was the gas stations on Long Island. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, when you drive out from New York City to Long Island, there are a lot of um, gas stations that are where Pakistanis work. I didn't know they were Pakistani until the arrest happened. So the person who had the license enslaved all the people that were working in them. And they were forced to live in his housing. And he said it was thousands of dollars, much more than they were ever going to make. And they couldn't leave until that was paid off. And they were afraid, you know, they were afraid of what the police would do if they ran to the police and it was the FBI in an undercover move that found them.
0: Really, wow. Um, wow, this, these stories. I mean, <clears throat> what can we do as citizens? Um, what, what, what can we do? Just how do we recognize that, there's, that something is wrong or something's going, so, on? when do we call the police? When do we, how do we know?
1: Well, it's hard to call the police right away because people who are enslaved aren't trusting people and they know they'll be hurt. Um, And they've been certainly told over and over that the police will arrest them. So it's not natural to them. But if you know the signs, people who might, some of the signs are people who are malnourished, people who don't speak at their job and they just look down or they look injured Um, hospital workers and uh, social workers at hospitals are probably the biggest line of defense for many people who are trafficked because they're abused. And if you can separate them from the traffickers, they may say something. But before anybody says anything to them, they have to make sure that nobody is around. The traffickers aren't around. And in the United States, um, I have heard so many cases of domestic workers
0: mm.
1: and the domestic workers don't speak up because when there's somebody that they could potentially speak with, it's usually a friend of the person they work for. Right. So, and there is one woman I know, Evelyn Chambao, who was brought from Cameroon at the age of nine. Nine. To Washington DC and she worked outside of Washington for a family, starting at age nine years old. And when she was taking care of the kids in that house and there were play dates, nobody asked her why she wasn't playing, why she was cooking. You know, they had play dates all the time. Oh wow. these kids. Isn't that amazing? And finally at 17. So she had been there eight years. She finally sought help.
0: Oh, I mean, it's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. How do we know, in terms of products that that these you know that are ethically sourced? How could we find where the ethically sourced products are instead of you know buying something that is
1: unethically made well i would like to tell you that that's easy okay but it's yeah it's not easy easy. Mm -hmm. um it's very hard to know down a supply chain every part of it but it's very good to ask what ask companies and write them what they're doing about it and what they're doing when they find slave labor because that's really the important thing because many companies have supply chains and they have a code of conduct for their suppliers. And they think that's enough. And they never take responsibility for what they're doing. And um, so you really have to ask what steps they're taking. My, my sister wrote. Um, she was buying sheets from a, a U.S. company. And she said, I want to know what you do about slavery. Mm. And the head of the company called her. She's, he they wrote back and said, I'm the head of the company. I'd like to discuss this with you. That's incredible. I know. And he said, for so many years, we produced our sheets In America and we use American cotton Mm -hmm. and so I knew what was happening in those factories but over and over they kept closing so ultimately I had to make them in China and so we go and check our factories as much as we can okay that's wonderful that was amazing. I thought that was so great. Incredible, incredible. Yeah, how unexpected. Yeah, very
0: unexpected. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you know, the, re- the industries are responsible for this, and are they doing enough? I mean, it sounds like this particular
1: betting company is in fact doing that, but. They, they did, and um, I think many companies are starting to do things. Some have been working on it for a while, but many are coming to the table late, but actually wanting to do something. And um, it helps if they can do it by industry and just talk about the collective problem through an association or an outside NGO. Um, So there are many initiatives. And if anybody goes to verite.org, mm-hmm. verite.org, you can see different initiatives by industry. They have, they do incredible work.
0: That, that's
1: great. And you asked about products, by the way. Yes. I didn't mention knowthechain.org. knowthechain.org also um, talks about specific companies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The thing is, even if a company has a problem, if they're rectifying it, they're doing the right thing. So I will give an example of Apple. Everybody thought it was terrible that these labor, that these people weren't paid as did Apple because Apple found some forced labor uh, done by one of their, the labor brokers they hired. Mm-hmm. But they found it themselves. And they spoke about it publicly. And they said, this is what we found. And they rectified it. They made sure they were paid. They made sure, I don't know if they didn't use that. I don't know the full amount. But I know that it didn't happen again. Right. And they were brave enough to speak about it. So others would speak about it. So people can come up with solutions to prevent it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's,
0: that's, that's, that's great. They're taking action. Right. I'm, I'm curious, you know, on the podcast, we talk a lot about connection and as you did when, when we opened up, um, what have you learned about yourself doing this type of work? What, what connected in you, um, after doing this
1: important work? You know, um, I, I always knew how I loved helping people grow things and grow their, first of all with models, their careers. I love watching their careers grow and it was very re- rewarding for me to watch it. And I learned I could apply it in a different way, frankly. It was very, um, my instincts were similar. Mm. So when we rescued Francisca, a Cameroonian woman, she was being held in Kuwait, when we rescued her and helped her get home to Cameroon and start a program there, we brought her to live with us.
0: Mm. We brought
1: her from Cameroon and she stayed for three months so we could teach her how to build a movement. Wonderful. And she's now been, um, she received the State Department Hero Award. And she was at the Obama Foundation um, speaking with President Obama on stage. Wow. It was, it was pretty incredible. Oh, my God. My heart. I know. I know. And a few years like before she was in sight. Oh. So I learned how, to, how much I love helping people. But I knew it. I knew I liked it. But I love it. I'm passionate about it. Yes. And when people say, how can you do this work? I love it so much. I am so excited when I see somebody going from enslaved to free. It's, and you see how they go in India, for instance, living in huts, from living in a shack to stucco and brick houses with electricity. Mm. Their children, in many cases, go to college. And it's incredibly impressive. And all it took was freeing them and a little amount of help. So it's very exciting and it's very uplifting.
0: Oh, it's amazing. Amazing. You're such a sensitive person and yet you have to be in order to see this and be, experience this firsthand. You have to be also tough. I would imagine, you know, you, you have to sort of keep going and not let it, get you so down that you can't keep fighting for, for, for these people, you know, it must be, yes, very
1: interesting. I know what you mean. And there was a time where I thought, okay, I've got to stop reading these stories and just do. Right. Um, because it can get to you, it can get to you, but when you see and know so many people who have come out of slavery, really it's uh it's incredible it's incredible the human spirit is incredible the will to succeed is incredible yeah um people taking responsibility for themselves when they finally are allowed to Mm. because somebody else isn't controlling them yes is wonderful i mean it's giving them
0: their lives it's beautiful it's so beautiful thank you for doing this
1: work it's my pleasure to do this work thank you
0: thank you for making a difference in the world and thank you so much for being on this podcast thank you We are so grateful i'm so so grateful thank you